Lord, we praise you this morning. What a wonderful time it is to come together to worship you today. Lord, may your spirit come upon us right now, Lord. May you melt us, Lord. May you mold us. May you fill us and use us for your glory, God. And as we come before you right now, as we, we worship you, Lord, we continue to worship in your word, Lord, as we come to hear from you, Lord. So I pray that you would give us ears to hear what the Spirit is saying to us today. We ask for your anointing, God, upon your word. And we ask, Lord, that we can hear you clearly. So thank you for your word. Thank you for this time. And we ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. Aloha, everybody. Aloha, everyone. First service. All right. I'm excited to be together here and get into our word this morning. If you can uh, grab your Bibles and turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. And as we return to our verse-by-verse study here, Paul continues on with some more short commands. Now, last time we saw our title was uh, Go the Distance, right? And with the short commands of of rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, because this is the will of God, we learn a lot there. We learn that we need to go the distance in all that God is showing us to do. Well, as we continue on, Paul gives us four more short commands here as we're coming to the end of this book. And in here, Paul is having us basically spiritually fine-tune our lives and that we, because we need to pay attention to the detail. And that's the title of our message this morning, Pay Attention to the Details. I was reading about a a husband who lost a lot of money when he didn't pay attention to the details. You see, his wife had called him. She found this bracelet she wanted to buy. She took a picture, texted over to her husband at work, and, and she wrote this in her text. I found this beautiful bracelet, something I wanted all my life. It only costs $3,000. What do you think? Should I buy it? Well, unfortunately, her husband noticed the text maybe 30 minutes later after she had sent it, and he couldn't believe that she would pay that much. So he quickly went to text her, no, price too high, and she's trying to get all these words in quick. But in that emotional rush to send her this text before she spent the money, he forgot one little comma. And right after the word, no. So the text ended up telling her, no price too high. (laughs) All right. Well, he made her a happy wife that day. (laughs) Well, let me tell you, the same goes with our spiritual walk, our, our life with God. It's very important that we pay attention to the details. And that's our title. That's what we're going to see. And we're continuing on here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. This morning we're going to study verse 19 through 22. 19 through 22. And here's four things we're going to see here today. Number one is be sensitive. Number two, be attentive. Number three, be discerning. And number four, be unbending. So let's begin here. Number one, be sensitive. Be sensitive. So take a look with me here now. Verse 19 is where we find this. And we begin there. Paul writes, do not quench the spirit. 
And so here's Paul. He begins now with another set of short commands. And he begins here talking about the Holy Spirit. That's the Holy Spirit here. But he says, do not quench. Now when he says the, writes the word quench here, he's talking about do not extinguish or do not stifle. Do not like resist or, 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 or do not really hinder the Holy Spirit in your life. So right away, Paul writes that believers should not hinder the influence and the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Now, how does the Holy Spirit work in believers' life? Well, let me give you five ways. Now, there's many things. There's many things like when we come to Christ, He regenerates us. We, we become a new creation. He comes inside of us. He, 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 he lives inside. We're a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? He, he comes in, and, and, and you know what? He Actually, it's the Spirit that makes us one. I mean, there's a lot of things that the Spirit does. He seals us. He, there's a lot of things the Bible talks about. But I want to give you five things in pertaining to what I believe when he, Paul writes here, do not despise, do not hinder, uh, I'm sorry, do not quench, do not hinder the Spirit. And here's one thing. Number one, he teaches us the truth in God's Word. The Holy Spirit teaches us God's word, basically. In John 14, 26, it says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. So we know the Holy Spirit teaches us. As we read the Bible, I, I, I usually pray, Holy Spirit, teach me what I'm going to read today in my daily devotions. Or when we come here before we do our message and get into the Word, I pray that the Holy Spirit would anoint this time. That we would be taught that the Holy Spirit, God Himself living in us, that third person of the Trinity, would teach us the Scripture. And so it's important that we don't hinder that teaching, right? It's important that, that we are here aware that the Spirit is trying to show us things, that, 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 that we're open to what He's trying to tell us. And that goes along with number two. The Holy Spirit also, He convict, convicts our heart to repent of sin. Jesus said in John 16, 8, And when He comes, He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. So another thing that Holy Spirit does is He convicts our heart. He shows, hey, you're doing wrong. He, he, he moves our conscience, makes us, so that our conscience makes us feel guilty, and that's the Spirit speaking and convicting us of sin, of things that we're doing wrong. And, th- and that's another role of the Spirit. And I'll tell you, that's easy to think of how we quench or hinder the spirit right the spirit we know inside well this is wrong and the spirit is telling us and loudly he's showing us this is wrong this is wrong but sometimes we're like oh, i don't want to hear it. i want to do what i want to do i'm sorry you know that's quenching that's hindering the holy spirit's work in us influence us speaking to us about our sin and the wrong that we're doing number three The Holy Spirit also, He changes and brings growth in us. Now, Romans chapter 15, verse 16, the second part says that we're sanctified by the Holy Spirit. Remember the word sanctified means to make holy, or sanctification is the process of our growth in the Lord spiritually, how we grow spiritually, become mature, become more like Jesus Christ. Well, the Holy Spirit 
changes us in that way. He grows us in that way. He's the one doing that work. Matter of fact, right, Galatians 5.22, the fruit of the Spirit, right? That's the work of the Spirit in our lives, the love, joy, peace, patience, all that in there in verse 22. That's the Spirit. And then when we resist that, well, I'm, I don't want to grow up. Yeah, I'm a toy star, us kids, no. But I, I want to stay, no, I, I, I like the flesh. You know what, we're hindering, we're quenching, we're extinguishing what the Holy Spirit wants to do in our lives. Number four, the Holy Spirit, He also empowers and strengthens us. Acts 1.8, you guys know this? Uh, it's, Jesus was telling the disciples, but you will receive power, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So we know that the Holy Spirit empowers us, gives us the ability to be a witness, to go out and, and serve God, to do ministry. He's the one who empowers us, gives us that ability and strength to do that. He's the one who gives us that strength to go and live for God every day. That's the Holy Spirit. But sometimes we quench the Holy Spirit when we feel like, well, I can do it. I'm going to do this on my own. No, we need the Holy Spirit every day to help us, to be a part of what, uh, he want, what God wants us to do in our lives. So, we see He teaches us the truth, He convicts our heart, He changes and grows us, He empowers and strengthens us. And number five, the last thing I want to show you, and again, there's so much stuff we could spend uh, like a whole month uh, every Sunday on the Holy Spirit, but I just want to give you these five things pertaining to our scripture. And number five is He guides you into God's Will. And we know that the Holy Spirit leads us. John 16, 13 says, He will guide you into all the truth. So we know the Holy Spirit is trying to guide us into what God wants us to do. He's trying to guide us into the truth about God so we would begin to live out and grow and He'll convict us through and guide us in that way. But He'll guide us in our everyday life, you know. He'll guide us in, in, in where we should go or what choices we should make and what decisions and what God would like us to do. That's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. That's the Holy Spirit influencing you in your life. So you see, the Holy Spirit is involved in your life. You see that, right? He's, he's integrated into your life. So it's important not to hinder Him. This is that third person of the Trinity. It's God living inside of you. And so it's important not to quench the Spirit and His work and influence in your life. I was thinking about, uh, even Paul wrote this in a different way. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 30, he said, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Isn't that interesting? Not only can we quench, stifle, hinder the Holy Spirit in our lives, we can grieve Him. We, we can make Him sad. We can make Him, oh man, come on, come on. Interesting, huh? This third person of the Trinity, we can grieve Him. So here's what Paul is saying. Be sensitive to every gesture of the Holy Spirit. You see that? Be sensitive to every gesture of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You know, I was thinking about how many of you have pets and, and, and perhaps you have little gestures that you make and, you know, and your dog goes, yeah, or, or comes, you know. And, and we, we have cats 
And uh, I have little gestures for them, too. Sometimes I'll rub my fingers together, and it makes that little rubbing sound. And they know, come, come, and I'll, I'll, I'll pet them. I'll pet their head, you know. Uh, one of our cats, Ziggy, he, um, I think, uh, they, uh, the, we got him from the Humane Society, and they said someone had found them as a little tiny kitten on the bike, the bike path over there, Mokulele, or whatever it's called now, but, you know, over there, and brought it to them anyway. I think he's part feral, because sometimes he don't listen, you know. He's a he, he's, he's pretty bad cat. But, but he knows when I snap my fingers and I'm like pointing, he goes, oh, I'm in trouble. He, he gets out of there kind of thing, right? So we know how that is, right? Every gesture you make, we can, we can control our animals, you know, to a point. But I was thinking about my cat, how sometimes he doesn't. I'll snap my fingers like, what? And he's like, eh, you know, looking at me. I got to go chase after him, take my slipper, or throw, throw it at him or something. You know, finally he moves. But I was thinking... How about when the Spirit is gesturing to us? Are we listening? Are we resisting? Or, or we're like my, I think, part feral cat. Like, no, I'm going to do whatever I want to do. And you're just looking at him. Yeah? We need to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And, and let me say this. Sometimes we, we get this in our minds that God in our life means, well, when we're in trouble, we go to him. Or God in our life means, uh, you know, when it's convenient, um, we'll, we'll, we'll go and pray or, or we'll, we'll read our Bibles. Or, or God in our life is like, oh, you know, when I think about, yeah, God, you know, and, and, and when, oh, yeah, I want to be with you, you know. But I'll tell you, God isn't just like this part of your life. He is your life. And he has given us the Holy Spirit, to live within us, to be involved with us, to be integrated in our lives. And He has given us the Holy Spirit to teach us, to convict us, to strengthen us, right? To guide us in all the ways we talked about here. Understand, that's why He's there. He's there to strengthen and empower us. So it's not like, Oh, well, you know, when, when I need help or, or when I think about it. No. You know what? It's every second and minute and hour. It's every day. The Holy Spirit is there, and we need to be aware that God is involved in our life. He's integrated in our lives. So we need to, to know when the Holy Spirit's moving and speaking. We need to get to know these gestures. We need to listen for His voice. We need to understand, you know, this is God speaking through the Holy Spirit to us. We need to be sensitive and pay attention to the details. And that's what Paul's trying to get across here. Well, let's go on to number two now. Number two is be attentive. Be attentive. And we go on to the next verse, verse 20. It says, do not despise prophecies. Do not despise prophecies here. Now, as he goes on, he's saying do not despise. The word despise means like to scorn. Some translations use that word. It, 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 it means to, to not uh, uh, like look down upon. It, it means to not consider it like nothing, like it doesn't matter. And what's he talking about? Do not despise what? Prophecies. What are prophecies? Well, prophecies is both spoken and written message from God. And of course, 
spoken could could be what you're hearing. It could even be uh, prophecies in the New Testament. It could be like uh, maybe the Lord speaking and giving a prediction. But most of the times when we see prophecies, it's talking about the word of God here in the New Testament. And so either it's spoken or back back then the New Testament was being written. Uh, We have it in our Bibles now. And so whether it's written in the epistles back then or today what's in our Bibles, that's what it's talking about. It's talking about when God is speaking, when he's giving a message. So he's saying, do not, like, put down. Do not consider nothing God's messages to you. So Paul writes that believers should not disregard now what God is saying to you. And let me say this. You know, when God speaks to you, you know what happens is it's the Holy Spirit inside of you that witnesses in your heart to tell you, you know what, this is God. This is God speaking. This is a message for you from the Lord. And the Holy Spirit puts that in your heart. I'm sure you guys know. I'm sure you guys know you're reading a Bible and some scripture, all of a sudden it just pops out of the page. It's rising up and staring at you. You know that's the Lord specifically giving you a word. Or maybe you're sitting in church here and, and, and we're going through the Bible and you're reading some, all, all of a sudden that's popping out. Maybe something I'm saying is you're going, oh, that's God speaking to me and it's just hitting your heart. That's what we're talking about. Maybe, you know, a lot of times we're worshiping like we are this morning and there's a line in the song that's just, oh, it's, it's just really coming into me and, and whether it's convicting you or whether you're just praising God or it causes you to worship Him or you just start weeping. I, mean, I, I remember uh, so many times driving my car and listening to our, our radio station and a song comes on and a line in the song just, oh, all of a sudden I, I'm just tearing up and I feel the presence of God and He's speaking to me. Maybe it's a prayer of somebody. You know, it's the Lord. You, you know, a, a few years back, I was going through something, and, and uh, I was really praying a lot, and every day, and God was speaking to me, and then uh, I was out at this event, and, and someone pulled me aside and said, hey, can I pray for you, Pastor? I go, oh, sure, and she started praying, and she, all of a sudden what she was praying was exactly what God had been telling me for two weeks. That's God speaking. So when the Lord speaks, we are not to despise that we are to be attentive and listen for what god is saying and that's paul's point be attentive and listen for what god is saying i think about over in um, uh, revelation uh, chapter 2 john was recording jesus's letters to the churches and he 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 was in the first letter he was uh, talking to the church of Ephesus. And, and at the end of that letter to the church of Ephesus, Jesus said this, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And let me tell you, I believe every week we gather together, Wednesday night, Sunday morning, God has a word for the church. He has a word for our body. Uh, when Pastor Stephen uh, spoke uh, months ago, the other Sunday here, I told him, you know what? Whatever God has put on your heart, that's God's word to the church. He wants that said. 
Some of you told me, wow, you know what you said today was exactly what I heard, you know, uh, earlier on the radio from someone else. God has a word to the churches. And you know what? You and I as believers are part of the church. And he has a word. So we need to be attentive and listen for what God is saying individually and even as a church. And all that mixes together anyway. The real question is this. Are you listening? Are you listening? When you come here, are you even seeking to hear, God, hear from God? You know, every morning when I, when I read the Bible, and I'm reading through the Bible, and, and I'm reading my chapters and all that, you know what? My ears are open. I want to hear what the Spirit is saying. I'm, I'm not just reading to read, but I want to interact with God. I, I call out to Him. I ask Him, help me. And I, I ask Him, well, have a word. Speak a word to me. And I'm reading in that fashion. And every day, you know what? God has a message for me. So are you even listening? He wants to speak to you. Did you know that? God wants to give you a word. He has a word for you. He, he, he wants to teach you his word. He wants you to learn the principles here. He has a message for you. So are you even listening? Or are you missing out on God's voice? Long ago when the telegraph was the cutting edge for long-distance communication, a young man applied for a job as a Morse, a Morse code operator. You know, dee, 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 you know, the dots and dashes, right? Long time ago. He came into a large, noisy office as a telegraph clicked away in the background, and a sign on the reception desk instructed all applicants to fill out a form and wait till summoned to enter the boss's office. Well, this young man filled out the form, sat down with seven other applicants who wanted to, was going for this job. Well, a few minutes later, the young man stood up, walked right into that inner office, and the other seven applicants, they were like confused, like, wait, wait, what is he doing? Soon the boss came out with the young man and announced, thank you all for coming, the job has been filled by this man. Well, one of the applicants grumbled and said, wait, wait, I don't understand. He came in last, yeah, went in first, he got the job, we never got a chance. Well, the boss explained, all this time you've all been sitting here, the telegraph was clicking a Morse code message saying, if you understand this, come right in, the job is yours. <laughs> None of them had heard that. That's like us, you guys. Are you missing out on what God is saying, let me tell you, He loves you. He cares for you. He's part of your life. And He has a message for you. So be attentive. Pay attention to the details. Let's go to number three. Be discerning. Be discerning. Number three, be discerning. This is verse 21 now. And so Paul goes on to write here, but test everything, hold fast what is good. So Paul now goes on, and he uses the word, but this conjunction, and it, this is really attaching to this message from God. So whatever message from God, he says, test everything. The word test here means to examine, to see if it's true. To, it means to approve if it's genuine. So test and make sure that it is from God. And if it is, then he says, Hold fast to it. The word hold fast there actually means embrace. Embrace what is good. Embrace what it is, what really is from the Lord. So Paul writes that believers should examine 
the message even if it, they say it's from God. Turn over to the right to 1 John, 1 John chapter 4, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1, 1 John chapter 4, verse 1. John the Apostle here writes in the same way about things that you hear and things that people say, but 1 John chapter 4, verse 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, you see, we are to not believe every spirit, not believe everybody saying, well, this is from the Lord, this is from God, but to test the same idea, examine to see if it's true, approve of it if it's genuine. That's the idea. Test and see whether they are from God. Because you know what? There's a lot of false prophets going out. They're speaking like they're speaking from God, but they're not. How do you test it? By comparing it to what it says in the Bible. That's how you test it. We have here the, 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 the standard. We have here the principles and the truths that we filter everything we hear. We filter it in through here to see if it's true. And that's why it's good to know your Bible. That's why it's good to know and study God's Word. So you test it with God's Word. Remember, going back to First Thessalonians, you can go back there. Remember how in this book that there were many uh, people who come through this city, many speakers and all, and they would come through, and many of them, they, they would speak, but many of them may not really be speaking the truth of God. Matter of fact, there was a lot of false prophets going through. In a lot of the epistles, Paul the Apostle would be re re rebuking them and, 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 and rebuffing them and all. And remember, there was also in the city those religious Jews who were poisoning, trying to poison their minds, saying things about Paul, and saying things about what Paul was teaching them. So Paul saying, hey, in verse 21, test everything. See if it's true. But hold fast to what is true. If it's good, embrace it. But if it's unbiblical, reject it. So be discerning, for things are not always what they seem. Be discerning, for things are not always what they seem. That's what he's saying. That's, that, that's what he's trying to put forth here. Let's, let's keep our, our eyes open, our, our minds, at, you know, in what's going on. Have discernment. Because... If someone says, oh, it's from the Lord, it may not be. You need to make sure it is. Many, many, many years ago, in my younger days, I was speaking at a, a summer youth camp, and, and uh, me and the youth leader, we were taking a walk, and the kids were doing some activity, and we were taking a walk, kind of talking, and, and uh, we came upon right in the middle of the path this big, fat toad. It was probably about this big. And um, my youth leader thought it would be funny to take the toad, go into the dorm, girls' dorm, well, they weren't in there at the time, and put it in uh, one of the counselor's sleeping bag. Now, the counselor was his sister, so it's like, okay, let's, let, uh, yeah, 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 that'd be funny. Da, da, da. And so, you know, later that night, it was, it, was, it was a good laugh for us when we could hear all these screams coming out of the girls' dorm that night. So it was super funny. Well, the next day, they got back at us. <laughs> I don't even know how they knew it was us. So somehow they had figured it out. 
But on the next day, um, after studies and activities, and it was dinner time, and, and um, um, the kids were eating, and we came in to eat, and uh, the you know, they were like gracious to say, oh, oh, go sit down, we'll, we'll, bring, we'll bring you your plate. And I thought, oh, okay, I didn't think about anything because I didn't know if anyone knew, right? And so we're sitting down, and me and the youth leader, were, we're, just, we're deep in conversation. And they put these plates in front of us, they put a plate in front of me, and, and, and that night it was spaghetti night for dinner. And so I had my fork, and you know how spaghetti start to stir things around, right? So I'm stirring stirring the spaghetti and the sauce and everything around. And we're in deep conversation, so I didn't even look down. But out of the corner of my eye, all of a sudden I noticed the noodles were moving. And I'm like, what? And mixed in with the noodles were these earthworms, long ones. And, and they were like, what? And then I'm like, hey, what's this? And then everyone starts laughing, right? I almost ate earthworms. <laughs> I couldn't believe it. So you understand, don't just gobble up anything <laughs> that's placed in front of you. Don't do that. You, it, false teachers, they mix truth with the lie, with the false. And it looks all good. It sounds good. Yeah, but really, it, there's earthworms moving inside there that you got to see. Watch out. That's how many people get caught up in, in cults, you know, because they don't know what's really in the Bible. And, and a cult leader would take one truth and then mix it with lies and say, oh, come follow me, make it sound all good. But they don't see the real truth because they never really studied their Bible. So, so be a good Berean. Remember we talked about that, Acts 17, where the guys, they, they went to the scriptures, made sure what Paul was preaching to them was true. Be a good Berean, those guys in Berea, Acts 17. Well, let's go on here now. Pay attention to details, be discerning, but also number four, our last heading, be unbending. Be unbending. So be sensitive, be attentive, be discerning, and now be unbending. Our last heading here, verse 22, our last verse, it says, abstain from every form of evil. So Paul says abstain, that means to like uh, 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 keep away, it means to avoid you know, in the Greek, the word abstain means put distance between. So it's like put distance between you and that other thing. That, 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 I like that picture, right? I like that picture of staying far away. Well, what do we stay far away from? From every form of evil. Now, the word form is interesting. It, it means like every like manner. It, they'll use the word even for species. Or the NLT translates this uh, uh, every kind of evil. And maybe that will give you a picture of what's going on here. You know, in, in the Greek, it really speaks about w- what's external, like what, 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 what is coming at you, what's external, shouldn't influence what's internal. That, that's really this, this idea here. So, so Paul is saying, avoid any kind of evil that may influence how you think and live. That's, that's the idea here. Listen to what John MacArthur wrote. Paul's ex- exhortation was a command to shun any of the negative feelings or negative teachings, influences, or behaviors that would displease God. So he's flowing in from what we just talked about here to, to, 
to test everything. And he's throwing in even saying any influences or behaviors that would displease God. So any kind of evil, wickedness, or sin should not be allowed to get into you. Put up the sign, kapure, yeah, them all. In Romans chapter 12, verse 9, Paul put it this way, Let love be genuine, abhor, that means detest what is evil, hold fast to what is good. So here's our last point. Paul is saying, be unbending about staying away from evil and the influence of it. Be unbending about staying far away from evil and the influence of it. Be careful, you guys. Because it's easy for us to be influenced. It's easy for us to believe things. Or it's easy for us, you know why? Because as long as we're in this body, we have our sinful flesh that we battle with. But Christ has died and risen from the dead. We're free of the bondage. We're free of that. And now we can make that choice. So we can make that choice to say, no, I'm going to stay far away from this because I know what it does to me. That's the idea. So be unbending about staying far away from evil and the influence of it. You know, my oldest son, he absolutely hates and detests peanut butter. He can detect a peanut butter sandwich in a Ziploc in a lunch bag from that's in the room. I don't know how. I don't understand it because I'm okay with peanut butter. My, my wife is too, all the other siblings too. I don't know where he gets from it. But he absolutely like detests it. No matter what we may think, oh, no, it's good. You know what? He detests and, and you know what? He stays very far away from peanut butter. Well, that's what we should do with sin, with the evil, with any influence. We need to do that. Whatever is sinful, whatever, don't bend toward it. Don't allow yourself to do that. Don't let evil even get into the door and get a foothold. There is an old Ethiopian proverb that says, evil enters like a splinter and spreads like an oak tree. I like that. You get a little in and, you know, it's it's just talking about that. See, because of our sinful flesh, once evil gets in, it can grow and sort of take a life on its own. It, 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 it will. And so we got to be careful. So don't let it in in the first place. Keep the gate shut. Keep the door closed. Live that unbending, and let me put it this way, uncompromising life. That's the way we got to live. As we close up here, understand one little thing can affect your whole life. So be serious. Be serious about God and His truth in your life. Let me close with this story. Or, or let me close with this, actually. They say that the biggest typo in church history uh, produced a Bible now called the Wicked Bible. Isn't that that's kind of a, what do you call it, an oxymoron, right? Well, what happened was this. In 1631, two royal printers in England, Robert Barker and Martin Lucas, read printed the King James Version Bible, but they made one little mistake. They left one word out. In Exodus 20, verse 14, which is talking about the seventh commandment of the Ten Commandments, rather than it saying, thou shalt not 
commit adultery. They unintentionally left out the word not. So it read, thou shalt commit adultery. Not a good thing. That's not what God said, right? Well, when King Charles I and the archbishop at that time found out, they fined the printers like 300 pounds, which is like $56,500 in our money today, which is a fortune back then, and revoked their printing license. All of their Bibles that were printed were found and burned. And actually, today, 11 remains, and they're in actually some uh, various museums out in the world. Isn't that crazy? That one word that, that went missing got the, uh, gave the name to this Bible, the Wicked Bible. So don't let that kind of thing happen in your life. Don't let it. Pay attention to the details. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for your word today, Lord, and we thank you for, God, that you are speaking to us, Lord. And it's about your love, God. It's about you caring for us. It's about your, our Jehovah Roya, my Lord, my shepherd. That as you are involved in our lives, you want the best for us. And Lord, you know that these things we study are for our own growth, for us to find victory, Lord, as we walk this life here with you. So Lord, I pray that we would take these things and we would apply them in our lives, that we would begin to pay attention to the details more spiritually, that in these areas they would become a part of us, that they would become every day, and we won't even have to think about it, that we would be sensitive to your Spirit, Lord, that we would be attentive to the message you give us, Lord, that we would be discerning, Lord, and that we would be unbending toward, Lord, those evil influences around us. Lord, we just want to love you more, and we know this is the way to show our love to you. So God, help us today to walk in these things. And God, as we come before you, we also say that we need your help here. In those areas we're struggling with, God, we need your help. Lord, in those places, God, that we we feel weak and have no strength, Lord, we need you. And God, we know that your love and forgiveness is there. And so, Lord, we confess our sins and ask, God, that you would come and cleanse us and help us today. And help us to pay attention to the details. In Jesus' name, amen.